Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. We are back for another day talking sports with a dose of common sense, maybe just a touch of sarcasm. You know, we pride ourselves on having a little of both here at The Dose. Hopefully, we can help you get through your work week a little bit easier, give you something to listen to, maybe while you're at the office. Maybe while you're on the treadmill, maybe while you're driving in your car, hopefully we are giving you something to listen to each and every weekday. We are doing our best to try to keep you entertained. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. We are slowly but surely making our way through another week. If you would like to contact the show, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. If you have some feedback for the show, maybe you have a suggestion, maybe you have a question, maybe you have a list or a subject that you would like us to tackle, feel free to hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Today on the show, we've got a lot of things to get to. We do have some breaking news that we want to discuss. Plus, you know, we have a few other things we need to talk about today. Plus, as we did yesterday, we just might have to continue taking a look at a few things that are heating up in the world of sports. So hot and hot. Going to get to that here in just a few minutes. A couple things coming out in the world of breaking sports news, though. And I guess the biggest story that came out of the Major League Baseball trade deadline yesterday was actually, yeah, kind of the non-story. Because yesterday morning, the news came flying out that the Washington Nationals were willing to hear offers on superstar Bryce Harper. And immediately, we just got bombarded with information. Articles were being written, programs were being broken into, SportsCenter was jumping right into the middle of it. Nationals to trade Bryce Harper prior to the trade deadline? Where could Bryce Harper end up? Who is going to be the team that pulls the trigger on Bryce Harper? And of course, you have all sorts of trade scenarios coming in on local radio stations. You have people like calling your favorite sports shows. Uh, hi, uh, hi, can you hear me? Yeah, uh, first time, long time. You know, I, I really think that the New York Yankees can trade, I don't know, like two pitching prospects and maybe throw in Greg Bud and get Bryce Hopper. Imagine that lineup. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Ugh, seriously? That's what was passing for sports talk yesterday. And then literally, not figuratively, literally like two hours later, the Washington Nationals issued a statement. Yeah, we uh, absolutely will not be dealing Bryce Harper. I don't know where you got that information. I don't know who said it. I know you've been talking about it all over the place. I know you've got people writing articles and breaking down the top five teams that are going to be getting him. Yeah, we're not dealing him. We would be crazy to deal him we're going to try to keep Bryce Harper a national for as long as we possibly can. Are you all out of your entire minds? Hey, it was fun while it lasted though, wasn't it? Like we were really getting in to the whole baseball trade deadline there for a few minutes. We're like, wow, one of the top superstars in the game is going to get moved today. This is so exciting. Yeah, except that it didn't really happen and it never really was close to happening. And everybody kind of talked about it like it would happen, but it never really happened. That's kind of how the trade deadline is, though, isn't it? In almost every sport. Now, we did actually get a few deals that did happen. The Red Sox picked up second baseman Ian Kinsler from the Angels. guess there's that. The Braves added a little pop to their lineup by dealing for Reds outfielder Adam Duvall. Should help their lineup a little bit, I would think. The Yankees acquired right-handed pitcher Lance Lynn from the Minnesota Twins. I mean, I guess. The Philadelphia Phillies got all-star catcher Wilson Ramos from the Tampa Bay Rays. 
It's never quite as exciting as we hope it will be, is it? Like we look at these trade deadlines in the NFL, in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and we're looking around and we're taking a look at some of the superstars and we're like, man, can you imagine if there's this huge deal to move that superstar kind of player? Well, here's the problem. For the most part, the team on the other side of it is saying, we're not getting that much back. Like you're talking about making these huge deals and that's what we hear on the talk radio stations. Hey, we want to get Bryce Harper and we want to give up two prospects and a scrub that never gets to play. Okay, well, what's in it for us? Why would we make that move? I understand there are teams out there that want to deal at the trade deadline, but if I'm Washington, I'm saying, we're not getting anything out of these deals. We're not getting anything out of what you're offering us. Offer us something of value and maybe we'll discuss it. But when people come out and they're offering this nonsense, then nothing ever takes place. And I think that's the trade deadline kind of just captured in a nutshell. We look at these big deals that might happen, but the team that is actually doing the selling is saying, you guys aren't really offering anything. Why in the world would we make these deals? They don't even make any sense whatsoever. So as usual, another trade deadline goes by and we really don't have much to show for it. You know, a couple of contributors maybe moved around, a couple of role players maybe switched teams. Other than that, yeah, MLB trade deadline, just another snooze fest, kind of like baseball in general. You know, one thing that we did have come out yesterday, though, was some news coming out of the NBA, because it looks like the NBA has become the first major U.S. sports league to sign an official betting sponsor. I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about this happening so fast. I mean, you figure that sports gambling thing just went through the Supreme Court recently. Already, we have a U.S. sports league getting an official betting sponsor. On Tuesday, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver announced that the league struck a deal with MGM that gives the gaming company rights to use league highlights, league names, league logos, and its direct data feed, as well as exclusively market itself as the official gaming partner of the NBA and the WNBA. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole lot of betting money coming in on the WNBA. Okay, I'm not going to go into that though. Now, industry sources are saying that the deal is for three years and at least $25 million because the NBA believes that gaming partners should compensate their league for the commercial value of that intellectual property. And sources say that MGM was willing to do that in this deal. Now, we haven't heard yet if the NBA is going to receive some sort of integrity fee that would give the league a percentage of the amount wagered on NBA games and events for making sure it's all in the up and up. Aren't they supposed to be making sure it's all in the up and up to begin with? Like, I know that that gets thrown around when we talk about sports gambling. Well, there needs to be an integrity fee. Yeah, you're supposed to be in the business of having integrity. You're a sports league. If we can't trust your integrity, then you're professional wrestling. So it has to have integrity. I don't know if that's ever going to work. You know, it is a crazy move though. And it really, when you look at this move for the NBA, honestly, it doesn't come as that big of a surprise, does it? Because Adam Silver has probably been the most progressive of all U.S. sports commissioners in talking about how his league could interact in gambling. He has been very upfront about that from the beginning. He has said, we want to be in that whole gambling space. That is something we are looking to get involved in. So, I mean, really, when you look at this move, it doesn't really come as a huge surprise. 
it also comes with very little surprise because for years and years, it has been widely speculated that NBA officials have been on the take because their calls are so wildly inaccurate. I mean, this is a perfect match, people. This is kismet, like a shady league getting involved with shady characters in gambling. What more could we ask for? The NBA. It's fixtastic, folks. Hey, coming back, you know, yesterday we took a look at a few NFL coaches that could be in some trouble if things don't break their way this season. They could find themselves on a very, very hot seat. Their jobs could be in trouble. Today on The Daily Dose, we are going to switch over to the world of college football. You know, we have some big name programs that are going to need to have very, very big seasons this year. So like I said yesterday, we discussed a few coaches around the NFL that could have their jobs on the line. You might want to produce something this year because if you don't, yeah, you could be looking for work very, very quickly. And some of those coaches weren't just the bottom of the barrel coaches. We all know, hey, Cleveland's got problems. We all know certain coaches around the league, they're just on bad teams. They're just in bad situations. No, we talked about it yesterday some. We looked at some of the programs that we think of as being kind of the top-notch programs. Hey, you need to step up this year or your coach is going to get fired. Well, today we are going to switch over to the college ranks. And we're going to take a look at a few college football coaches that also could be coaching for their jobs this year because their seats are getting a little bit warm. Now, I realize this. I realize there are a million college football programs out there. Trust me on this. I am not going to go out and find all these coaches and, hey, did you realize the University of Charlotte's head coach could be on the hot seat? I don't care. I could go into the smaller schools and the little conferences and talk about a school that no one really pays attention to. Yeah, I don't have any idea if the head coach at New Hampshire is going to get fired. I don't have a clue. And be honest, I don't care. So we aren't naming the little schools that no one cares about. We tried to keep these hot seat coaches from teams that we actually might watch. We're looking at major conferences and major programs, but we do have some coaches that could be in trouble if they don't have a good season this year. Here is the first coach I want to talk about. I realize that in this day and age, we are all above racism and profiling and all those terrible things, right? I mean, that's the society here in America that we live in. We don't do that stuff. We don't have racism involved in our decisions. We don't profile people by maybe the way they look or the way they talk or the way that they say certain things. We don't do that here in America, right? Yeah, that's a bunch of BS. Because when you hear Louisiana State head coach Ed Orgeron speak, what do you think, honestly? No question. Coach Saban has done a tremendous job. All the great things that he's done at Alabama, we respect him. But you come to LSU, you're supposed to be able to beat Alabama. And we know that's the benchmark of a coach in a program. And uh, so we accept that. And we're up for the challenge. And we look forward to playing him this year. It's okay. You can admit it. We're all friends here. What is it you thought when you heard that? And by the way, I didn't doctor that clip. That's a legit clip. That's him talking. I'm not making that up. Like, I know sometimes we kind of play around with how Ed Orgeron sounds. I didn't play with that. That is him. That is how he sounds. What did you think when you heard that clip? Dumb hillbilly redneck, right? Yeah. You know, that is the only form of racism or generalization that still seems to be acceptable in American society, isn't it? I mean, 
Nobody has any problem saying that. Hillbilly redneck. Hillbilly redneck. I know, I know, I'm sorry. They aren't hillbillies. They aren't rednecks. They prefer the term NASCAR American. But I truly do believe that people do bias against Ed Orgeron because of the way he speaks, because of the way he sounds. You know, LSU gave him the job nearly two years ago when he stepped in to replace Les Miles. And you know, Ed Orgeron has recruited well. He has a history of recruiting well. He always seems to get talented players. They come in. He gets them wherever he's been. At LSU, back at USC, he recruited a lot of talent. It's just that so far at LSU, it's not showing up in the win column yet. And as a result, if Ed Orgeron goes, I don't know, nine and four, eight and five, seven and six again, he could be in trouble because people look at the way he talks and the way he says things and they go, well, he's got to be an idiot. I mean, do you hear how he talks? There's no way he can be the leader of our college football program. And here's the bad news for Bayou Ed. That schedule for LSU this season is very, very challenging. The Tigers open versus Miami. They go to Florida. They go to Auburn. They host Georgia and Alabama. Hey, that's a rough schedule in the SEC. Ed Orgeron could be in some trouble for no other reason than as much as we want to act like we're above generalizations and racism, it's okay if it's a redneck hillbilly, isn't it? I don't know. Sure seems like it is because that's the only reason he's going to get fired. He's barely been on the job. Better have a good season this year or he could be in some trouble. Next coach up, and I want to be clear here. On this next guy, I am absolutely cheering for Lovey Smith at the University of Illinois. I think Lovey Smith is a very good coach. I think he's a very good guy. I think he tries to teach his players the right way. The problem for Lovey Smith, he inherited an absolute mess of a program at Illinois. They are always among the worst programs in the Big Ten, going back for years and years and years. And prior to Lovey going to Champaign, the Fighting Illini haven't had a winning season since 2011, back when they were the Fighting Ron Zooks. Now, since taking over, it's been pretty slow for Lovey Smith. He has gone just 5-19 and 19 in two seasons. Now, I sincerely hope that the administration at the University of Illinois gets it. That they see Lovey is trying to do things the right way. Let's be patient and see if he can get this going. And I sincerely hope Illinois gets a few wins and takes the pressure off of their head coach. The schedule they have this season is at least manageable. I just don't want to see this team go like 2-10 and 10 again or like 3-9 and nine again or Lovey Smith could be out before he truly gets the chance to turn this thing around. Lovey Smith needs to have a good season in Illinois. Our next coach up, you know, there is a chance that Cliff Kingsbury actually saved his job and bought some more time last season when his Texas Tech Red Raiders actually pulled the upset over rival Texas on Thanksgiving Day. Because not only did that win quiet those boosters about him being able to beat the hated Longhorns, but it also sent Texas Tech to a bowl game, which they had missed the previous season. You get to go to that bowl game, you get a little revenue, you get kind of that little vacation, you get that extra practice time with your kids. Those bowl games can be very, very important to college coaches. 
Of course, then Texas Tech went to the Birmingham Bowl and they lost to South Florida. So the boosters are still lurking for Cliff Kingsbury. You know, every single year down at Texas Tech, doesn't it seem like we're just saying the exact same thing? Uh, let's see, Texas Tech this year, yeah, it looks like they'll have a high-scoring offense that eventually stumbles in a few big games. Oh, and their defense will be absolutely putrid. You know, Cliff Kingsbury is 30-33 and 33 in his time down at Texas Tech. This year, Kingsbury is hoping his defense will actually make a few plays. He has gone out and tried to put a little bit more focus on that defense. If they don't come through, Texas Tech could be in for a long season. And if that happens, Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, he's probably going to be gone. I don't think there's any way he's going to survive. Moving on, you know, when Larry Fedora first took the head coaching job at the University of North Carolina back in 2012, it looked like he might turn things around in Chapel Hill. Larry Fedora posted winning records in his first two seasons. And in 2015, the Tar Heels actually won the Coastal Division and went to the ACC Championship game. Then they fell off a little in 2016. And then last year, they really fell off. North Carolina went 3-9. and nine, And they lost a number of those games late in the fourth quarter. Now, those are the kind of losses that can just turn your fan base. Those are the kind of losses that get boosters emotionally attached and say, we have to fire this guy. And then, you know, it doesn't help when Fedora comes out and says he's denying CTE in the media. Like that kind of makes you look like a dope. Hey, Larry Fedora can't afford another down year. North Carolina better get it going this year. Next guy up, I'm honestly a little bit hesitant to even put on here for a few reasons. One. The University of New Mexico is not exactly a national program, but their head coach, Bob Davies, is at least a recognizable name because remember, he did formerly coach at Notre Dame. Now, Davies is in huge trouble in Albuquerque. You want to talk about a hot seat. It might not get any hotter than this. The University of New Mexico has already suspended Bob Davies for 30 days without pay earlier this spring following allegations that he obstructed a rape investigation, made racist comments, and physically assaulted players. Now, Bob Davies is just 30 and 45 with the Lobos. And it sounds like the program actually has some serious financial concerns aside from the issues they're having with him. Firing Bob Davies could literally happen at any second. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets fired before the season begins, I don't even know how he still has the job now. Bob Davies' seat at New Mexico is as hot as hot can possibly be. Now, this next seat is not that hot. I'm going to set this next seat. Let's put it at lukewarm. I don't think we have a song for lukewarm, but we'll put it at lukewarm. Because Louisville head coach Bobby Petrino just lost his stud quarterback, Lamar Jackson. But keep this in mind, this is now Bobby Petrino's fifth year at Louisville, and really, he doesn't have all that much to show for it. Yes, he's 34-18 and 18 in his most recent stint with the Cardinals. We know that he coached there previously. But honestly, would anyone really say that Bobby Petrino has established this program as one of the elite programs forgetting the nation, even in the ACC? No, probably not. And once again, this Louisville defense, 
they're probably going to have some pretty serious problems. Hey, Bobby Petrino, don't have one of those four or five win seasons or the lukewarm that we have you sitting at now could turn into a gentle boil very, very quickly. Another coach that we have here is right here in my hometown state of Colorado because everyone in the Rocky Mountain region got all excited about head coach Mike McIntyre in the 2016 season when the Colorado Buffaloes managed to go 10-4 and and make it to the Alamo Bowl. Hey, people here were fired up, and honestly, I mean, it's hard to blame them. CU hadn't had a winning season since 2005 under Gary Barnett, but now that 2016 season, it's starting to look like it was an exception. It's not the rule. This is going to be Mike McIntyre's sixth season at the University of Colorado. So you can't say that he hasn't been given enough time. And currently, he has just a 25 and 38 record up in Boulder. What's worse? Take away that one great season and Mike McIntyre is just 15 and 34. Ouch. My only question is if the folks up at Boulder have any idea what their football program is even doing. Because half the time, I don't think they do. I don't even think they care. Hey, we have a head coach. Yeah, good enough. We have other things to do. You know, you might say people up in Boulder spend their time focusing on, let's just say other things, shall we? Hey, you want to get high, man? Hey, coming back, we will continue to take a look at some college football coaches that really need to come through this year with a big season, or they could be in some serious trouble. And we have two programs that are widely regarded as probably being top 25 teams this year. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Mayhem because wherever they go, mayhem seems to follow. Celebrate some of your favorite havoc wreaking characters and chaotic moments with exclusive gear and collectibles. August Loot Crate theme features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics. But if you're not interested in any of those franchises, trust me, head over to Loot Crate. They have just about any franchise you could possibly think of. You'll be sure to find what you need. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure to type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose. We continue now with some college football coaches that are finding themselves on the hot seat. And you know, You can't fire a guy just one year into his tenure at school, can you? I mean, no, not in theory. You normally shouldn't. But things are not always normal at Baylor. Head coach Matt Rule was asked to take over a program that had actually done quite a bit of winning on the field. Unfortunately, that program had done quite a bit of raping off the field. So Rule came in with basically one item on his to-do list. Stop all of the raping at Baylor. Now we know that the Baptists down at Baylor can stomach a lot of things, right? Like the first 47 rapes, apparently. But they draw the line at 48 or 49 or whatever it was. They will also handle some losing. They can take that for a while. But Matt Rule went 1-11 and last year. Yeah, that's going to go over like a turd in the old donation buckets with the Baptists if it goes on much longer. 
You better get Jesus and you better start winning, Coach Rule, or Satan's waiting for you on the other side. <laughs> Next coach up. And this one would be a surprise because I actually expect a bounce back year from the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets this year. And if they can rebound, Georgia Tech should be a legitimate top 25 team. Last year, they were just so, what do you want to call it? Unlucky, I guess. Georgia Tech lost four games by six points or less last year, and they played one of the toughest schedules in the entire nation. One of their games was canceled because of the hurricane, and Georgia Tech finished five and six on the season. So maybe the five and six record was just a fluke. But head coach Paul Johnson has a knack for sometimes, let's say, rubbing people the wrong way. And if somehow, the rambling wreck stumbles again this year, I could see more than a few people screaming for Paul Johnson's head. Now, the schedule is significantly easier this year, but Georgia Tech's defense might not be very good. Paul Johnson, don't slip up and lose to a team that you should beat, because if you do, your seat could warm up pretty quick. Okay, our final college football head coach on the hot seat is one that if I told you he could be in danger, say I said it like three years ago, everyone would have said, you are crazy. But things have not gone so smoothly for Jim Harbaugh's return to his alma mater at the University of Michigan. Yes, Jim Harbaugh is 28 and 11 so far in Ann Arbor, but he is three and six when he has faced Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State. And for all of the talk about Jim Harbaugh's recruiting, the Wolverines have yet to finish a season that didn't feel like they had missed some significant opportunities. Like you look at it and you say, yeah, it was a good season. It was a solid season. It wasn't a bad season. You know what? It probably should have been a better season. Why do they keep missing out on these opportunities? They have had chances. They should have beat Ohio State. They definitely should beat Michigan State. It hasn't happened under Harbaugh. You know, we talked about Paul Johnson sometimes rubbing people the wrong way. Hey, Jim Harbaugh has the patent on that. You can only take Harbaugh for a certain amount of years, and then you start to get kind of fed up with the way he acts. How much longer can Jim Harbaugh honestly last at the University of Michigan if we don't see some major strides taken this year? And the hard part is, they are going to have another tough schedule. Here's something to think about. The Michigan Wolverines open up on September 1st. Yes, first official week against what should be a very good Notre Dame squad. And that game is going to be played in South Bend. Could Jim Harbaugh be coaching for his job there? I wouldn't think so, but maybe. I do know this. If you lose to Notre Dame, Ohio State's still coming. Penn State's still coming. The Big Ten is still coming, and the Big Ten doesn't take too many years off. You are going to have some very, very tough games on your schedule coming later in the season. If you can't get by Notre Dame, you might have your work cut out for you. You know, I seriously, I cannot wait for college football season. There are just so many storylines. There are so many great matchups. There is so much excitement that goes with college football. It's going to be a very, very fun year. I think it's wide open. I think we have a number of teams that can contend for a title. 
we are going to continue to get you ready for the college football season the closer that it all gets. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we will, of course, be taking a look at the latest and greatest in the world of sports news, and we just might take a look at a few other things that could be heating up this coming football season. Still have a number of things to talk about in the world of football. Hey, I'd say thank you all so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the texts and the tweets. If you would like to contact us, please hit us up, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.